Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open, or you just love the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack when hunger strikes. I happen to love me my pistachios. Uh, I don't want to screw around with the nuts, so I love the no-shells pistachios. Anyway, there are a bunch of flavors to choose from, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno, lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts, and each ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. The best part of spring cleaning is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless, and then Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data, unlimited talk and text, delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone and any Mint Mobile plan and bring your own phone number along with your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. My team here, they're on Mint Mobile and they like it. For a fraction of the cost, Mint Mobile proved to have excellent coverage with no drop calls or unsent texts. Plus, they make it super easy for me to activate my device just by following a few simple steps online. And bam, done. To get this new customer offer and the new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash literally. That's mintmobile.com slash literally. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash literally. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speeds slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Kevin! God, it's just like the host comes in with a cup of coffee. Got coffee. Did you ever do The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson? I did not, and it's one of my great career regrets because when I got famous enough to get on The Tonight Show, and it was that weird thing that we all go through in our careers where if you stay around long enough, you go through the, all the various phases of, we love you, you're a genius, you're great, we're kind of tired of you, and we wish you'd go away. Yeah, I'm getting that now, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Literally with me, Rob Lowe, on today's broadcast. I like using the word broadcast, by the way. I know it's a podcast, but I always thought that the old school broadcast made it sound like you were really, like that you were in show business. So in today's broadcast, um, I have a gentleman who I think pound for pound, and that's cheating because he's a big man. So when I say pound for pound, he's already kind of head of the game. But, but pound for pound, I think he might be the funniest person in the world. And if you ask people who know comedy in and out, they're not going to dispute it. It's the great, versatile, genius, funny, amazingly sweet Kevin Nealon. Tell me what Carson was like, because I really do feel like I, I missed out big time. Well, he was the king. There was nobody else. It was just, that was the late night talk show. You know, it wasn't, uh, 
like it is now where there's like 15 different talk show hosts, you know, and there was one late night talk show and it's Johnny Carson. And then Letterman came along, but mostly, you know, it was tonight show is what you wanted to do. If you're a standup, at least, you know, that kind of validated you. Well, it made you, it made you, right? It, well, yeah, like, it wouldn't make you after one time. It would bring you to attention to a lot of people, but it wouldn't make your career. You have to keep doing them. But I remember um, when I first moved to Los Angeles, I was about 24. I would go to NBC where they taped The Tonight Show a couple times a week. And I'd go in line and i just go up and down the line, ask anybody had an extra ticket because they gave you extra tickets back then. Yeah. And somebody always had an extra ticket. So I would go all the time and watch. It was like going to a Vegas show. Wow. You know, and I knew exactly what they did beforehand. Johnny would come out and talk a little bit. The producer would come out and talk, warm up the audience. I, I kind of knew each band member, you know, what they played. If somebody wasn't there, I knew, I recognized that they weren't there. And uh, so when I finally got on the show, I kind of like knew exactly what was happening. And I was, I only had like three days to uh, prepare. They had told me like three days before I was going to go on. And um, I didn't even know what to wear. I saw Ted Danson on there wearing beige pants and a burgundy jacket. I thought that looks pretty cool. And I wore it and I ended up looking like a page, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but I remember, um, I'd be, you know, when they told me I was going on, all I did was go over my act in my head over and over and over again until, um, you know, I, I mean, I could be talking to you now and you would think that I was listening to you, but I was really going over my act in my head. Mm -hmm. And, yep. um, and so now all of a sudden I'm behind the curtain and the talent coordinator is, uh, you know, pat me on the backs and this is it. I go, yeah. And, and they come out of commercial and the band stops playing and Johnny, uh, you know, lets out the, uh, uh, exhales the cigarette smoke and he and starts introducing me and I'm going, oh my God, it's happening. It's happening. <laughs> you know, so many times I've watched this from home and in person. And so they open up the curtain, they're applauding. And I, my mind went blank. I couldn't remember anything. I couldn't no, remember my end. No, nothing. No, nothing. And I kind of look over to Johnny and nod, I smile, I look at the audience and I'm, I stand on my mark. And then when the last clap ends, I remembered my act. Oh, I started, I started going into it and, and I was like, I was removed from myself. I was like a third person watching from another place and I was killing and the audience was applauding and there's applause breaks and laughs. I could hear Johnny laughing and choking on the smoke and, and, um, and I finished and I felt I couldn't, I did the Tonight Show. I'm doing the Tonight Show. I did it. And I, Johnny gives me the OK signal. I go behind the curtain and the talent coordinator goes, hang out. I think Johnny's going to want to talk to you out on panel, you know, oh. so, which was a real feather in your cap. He, he didn't that. do Yeah, he didn't do that for everybody. No, no. So he called me over and I came out after the commercial. He sat down and we talked more. We got a lot of laughs and uh and it was probably the highlight of my career ever. Anything other than Weeds or SNL, anything. That was like the highlight of my career. And what what era, what, what year was this? That was 84. Oh, man. August of 84. That was back in the 1900s. Yes, exactly. <laughs> when there were three channels. Yeah, yeah. I just remember that Car I, I grew up on Point Doom in Malibu, and Johnny was the first. He and Bob Dylan were the two big celebrities that kind of moved into Point Doom, which was then really just a semi-rural Enclave and he, uh, they were a couple at the time, weren't they? Yeah, they were. They were together. They didn't. Yeah. They people didn't really. It was on the down low, as the kids say. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But Carson would. I'd see him. He drove a Corvette. I remember. And I'd see him driving around, and he uh, bought 
this really beloved old family's house and uh, tore it down and made a tennis um, stadium, actual stadium. Um, Is it still there? Yeah, it's still there. Yep, it's still there right on the cliff. Um, Is it called Wimbledon? Yes. It's <laughs> called uh, Roland Garros, as nice. they would say. Um, well, then, first of all, I haven't seen you since we did our walk, your amazing show. Our little hike, my hiking show, Hiking with Kevin. Hashtag Hiking with Kevin. You were fantastic. We had the, um, we had the magic hour. And, and whose idea was that? That was yours. And because yes, why? Because you're why? a pro. Because I know my light. You're, you know your skin. And also you have some, you had some skin products or something you were uh, hack, oh, yeah. hopping I, at the time. Only at the time. Yeah, no, no more. That was it. I, I no, I don't. I don't do those. I'm that's beneath me. Uh, profile by Rob Lowe. You can go get it online. It's really good shit. Anyway, okay. Um, no, it actually is. It's. I mean, listen. You know, your what? skin Let looks me. great. Are you? How old are you? Um, seventy-five. Wow, your skin is like you really don't have any wrinkles. I don't have many. No, I don't have many. Um, when we were hiking, though, you had a lot. I knew that. I knew that the light was going to be good. Yeah. And that makes a bit, it looked like a Terrence Malick version of your show. The only person that, the only guest that had better light than you was um, Jeff Goldblum. Because it was daylight savings and he got lost and the sun went down completely. So it was dark when we hiked. But it looked good on, on the camera. He looked fantastic. Who, Jeff Goldblum, I just remember I would see him at a gym in Hollywood Always very impressed because he's yeah, jacked. Yeah, he's yeah, jacked. Yes, yes, yes. He was jacked. Yeah. Ooh, that's good. I like that. Yeah. Give me some of that ten speed and brown shoe shit. Oh. But I remember hiking with him, and I'd say, uh, hey, you know, uh, I say, Jeff, it's getting it's getting a little dark out. He goes, Yeah, spooky, spooky. spooky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, spooky, yeah, spooky, spooky, spooky. Oh, is that right? Oh, okay. Oh. I don't really do impressions. You know, when I was coming up, I thought. At first, I thought, you know, I want to do Jimmy Stewart, all those guys, you know, when I was growing up that people were doing. And, uh, and, I, was, I, and I would do like a good Jimmy Stewart or John Wayne. But then I started thinking, do I want to be doing impressions of other people or do I want other people to be doing impressions of me? One, dude, that's genius. I, and it was a big mistake. I should have done impressions. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's better when you, when you like fold it into a conversation like that and people get blown away. They go, wow, oh, because I do impressions as well. You do. And my, I do, and my, and my wife hates it. She hates when I do impressions. She's like, what are you, Rich Little? Rich <laughs> Little. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, not Who's really. Who's your best I, impression? Uh, I'd say William Jefferson Clinton. Oh, yeah, that's a good one, man. Now, you, you know, it's interesting because, you know, I watched Dana Carvey do impressions. He's, he's really good at mimicking people, but he does more of a caricature of people. He doesn't do the exact imitation. He'll like well, take it and exaggerate it. It's like if you, if, if you ever had like beef bouillon, you know, and you drink it, it's a little soup, but it starts Boy, as a Boy, you are really just struggling, aren't you? You're just getting by on groceries. I, we, I remember from my days as a, as a young struggling actor. As a young Point Doom kid. As a young Point Doom kid. But like the, the beef bullion's from a cube, a little cube yeah. you put in water. That's Dana's impersonation, the cube. Yeah, it's yeah, condensed. Distilled. Yeah, you got to also kind of watch as they get older, how you do their, the impressions of them as they get older, you know. Because they, yeah, they do, they like, do he, well. He, like he does a good Jeff, um, Jeff uh, Bridges. 
Oh my God, that's an older Jeff Bridges, like the Western guy. I go, I'm having myself a sandwich. I'm being real good sandwich. It's a good corned beef sandwich. But then get back to work. You know, I don't do impressions, but he, you know, that's like uh, paraphrasing his. Well, the best is because it's that that thing of famous people in their. Well, it's like we we're talking about Carson in their phases, doing impressions of people in the phases of their life. Young Bob Dylan is different than old Bob Dylan, and like my Clinton has has evolved as Clinton has gotten older. And I've I've added in, I, I know that we're doing a podcast so people can't see me, but he he does a face now yeah. that he never used to do. And he it shakes did. a little bit now too. Yeah. At that old man face. Yeah. Yeah. He holds, he holds it. Have you met him? I have. I was um, the first year of the West Wing. We were like shocked that anybody, that the show even worked at all because you weren't supposed to do a show about politics. At all. And the we West Wing? To, yeah. And, okay, okay. Yeah, that's where I know you from. Okay, now I know you. <laughs> you remember that yeah. show? Yeah. It's just such a little show. <laughs> uh, and the uh, we got invited, anyway, we got invited to the White House by uh, to meet our real-life counterparts. And uh, Clinton came into the Oval Office, and we we're all really nervous because it's really mind-wracking when you meet the President of the United States. And uh, yeah. But we all didn't know what to say to, to Clinton, but we didn't need to worry because really – all he wanted to do was pitch us ideas of episodes we should be doing. <laughs> yeah, what would that be like? Well, here's exactly what his, his pitch was. I remember it. I'm never going to forget it. It was this. You all should do an episode about these young people. They come <laughs> here to serve their country. They don't make shit. And uh, one day they meet someone from the media, and that person just shit boxes them. I was like, wow. I'm so- I was like, I'm sorry? What, 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 what was that? <laughs> shit boxes them. Um, I, I'm not familiar with the term, but I kind of know what it meant. But that was his, that was definitely, that was his pitch. So he was complaining about the media back then too. Oh, they all do. It's, it's part of the. And, and it does have to be hard when the media takes things. But I remember, you know how you meet somebody and you wait to see if they recognize you? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I met Clinton about, well, I, I, I was at a fundraiser once. He was speaking at the Sheridan in New York a long time ago. And I was at a table with Carly Simon and my wife and a couple other people. And we were maybe 15 feet away from him. And then on the car ride home with another couple, each person said at the same time, Clinton was looking at me the whole time, (laughs) staring at me. We each thought he was looking at us nonstop. Mm -hmm. But I did did actually meet him. Two summers ago in Lake Tahoe, he came to this golf tournament I was doing up there. Um, and he came to the players' meeting afterwards, and he hung out, and he talked to everybody, and walked around. He stayed for a long time, and, and I walked up to him. And as he's approaching me, I'm walking, and I'm waiting. I'm looking at him. You could tell within a couple seconds if somebody recognizes you or not. Yeah. And I looked at him. We had eye contact, and I knew within a second and a half he didn't know who I was, you know? <laughs> Or he forgot who I was. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't give you the hey. No, no, no. He was all about Derek Fisher and the uh, athletes. When you did Hans and Franz, and you were doing that impersonation, did you? Did, how much was Arnold Schwarzenegger actually in your head? He was totally in our head. We saw him uh, being interviewed in a. Um, we were on tour. Me, Dana Carvey, and Dennis Miller were doing a tour after our first year on SNL. This is in 87. Who was the grumpiest? Out of the three of us? Yeah. Well, 
Yes, I think you know. <laughs> that's, that's why I asked, pup, pup. I think the grumpy old man. Yeah. <laughs> and then the feet fart for the feet. Bar, does bar, the, bar, bar, <laughs> no, we were actually all, nobody was really grumpy. I think we all, we were all like uh, in ecstasy because we were on SNL. And wait, we wait, you're all in ecstasy? Wait, wait, yeah. you're all in ecstasy? Well, we call it two. Oh, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, so we were in a hotel watching, uh, I was watching Showtime, Arnold Schwarzenegger there, interviewing, interviewing him up close and personal. And uh, I called Dane. I said, you got to watch this. He's so funny, his accent. And for the rest of the tour, we talked like Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then the beginning of the next season, we came up with uh, with uh, the characters Hans and Franz, two two pathetic bodybuilders who oh, so never good. lift a, a weight in their life. I have so many things I loved about Hans and Franz, but like one of my favorites was Saturday Night Live does such a good job of on the fly special effects with the amount of time they have. Really, the makeup and hair are amazing. You guys were just stuffing pillows in your sweatpants. I mean, you didn't even try. Well, that was the um, that was the um, big question. Do we make it look so phony, right? You know that, it, <laughs> right. and that we we so believe that we're pumped up, you know, or do we try to make it look real? And and we thought going the other way, the gray sweatsuit was the better way to go. Oh, it's so it was it's so good. But Rob, and then, of course, the, the funniest thing, excuse me, well, yeah. was we did um, the President's Council on Physical Fitness and the White House when George Bush Senior was president, and they had different stations on the lawn of different physical fitness stuff. You know, they had like, you know, basketball teams and they had Olympic teams there. And, and then they had me and Dana on a pedestal and the president Bush was coming around and meeting <laughs> each person. And the way he reacted to Hans and Franz, Arnold is very enthusiastically introducing us. This is Mr. President. This is Hans and Franz. You know, they are perfect embodiment of pompitude. And Bush, and we're talking to Bush. Yeah, look at you, Mr. President. You know, you're a pathetic girly man. And he looked at us, and I think he thought, I really think he thought we were part of the Special Olympics team. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, nothing against the Special Olympics, but I think he thought that we were kind of, you know, missing something. That. And Arnold had explained to him, these are the guys that are on Saturday Night Live and they do the things like this, you know, the funny comments. <laughs> the funny comment. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever had to um, do your, because I'm a longtime friends with Arnold. And in fact, Maria uh, has, has been on the show, Shriver, his ex-wife. And, and I, I know the family really well and everybody knows I do an Arnold, but I've never done it for him. In fact, I'm petrified. Petrified. Have you ever had to... Do well, your, you know, we do Hans and Franz in front of him all the time, and that's basically a caricature of him, you know. You know, I, I've heard a lot of comedians tell jokes, but I remember doing a, a Planet Hollywood opening with him once. And he went out there, and, you know, I guess somebody wrote him some jokes, and he goes, you know, my wife just had some plastic surgery. I cut up her credit cards. <laughs> <laughs> he, can make, he can make anything work, Arnold, with that voice. Yeah, and then he just tags it with you know something like that, and he, and these kind of things. Yeah, I went. I was skiing in Sun Valley once a long time ago, and I ran into him, and we took a couple of runs together, and all the way up the chairlift, he would just be talking about how great the burn was in the quads. That you feel the burn in the quads from the you know from the giant slalom, you know down the double diamonds. You know it's just like a fire in your quads. And uh, it's it's really good because you know uh, it helps you when you go later and you want energy when you go to work. It work, it work, yeah. Work with that yeah. with the weird work. R in there. Work. 
So, yeah, you have a really good, I mean, you do Lauren Michaels too. I remember you did that on Wayne's World. Um, never done it for him never. so much. Never. never. Do you think Dr. Evil was based on me, Rob? No, Lauren, <laughs> no. Absolutely not. It's Blofeld. <laughs> really? You know, I was laying in bed last night with my son. He's 13. And he's about ready to go to bed. And I just want to watch something on TV. And, you know, and he's at that age now where he's kind of getting into, like, he just finished watching The Office, all eight seasons of it. Mm-hmm. And now he's watching yeah. The Simpsons, you know. And I said, Gable, you let's, let's watch a couple of James Bond movies, the old ones, you know. Because at the beginning, there's always like a big chase scene, you know. There's some, a lot of action at the beginning. And I went back to, like, Sean Connery, like Goldfinger, nothing. Nothing, right? Like nothing. Some kind of a card game and some girls <laughs> looking through the binoculars. I said, okay, well, that's not it. There's a, there's a ski chase somewhere. So he had to Google it. Yeah, that one's on Her, Majest- on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah, yeah. That's the George Lansby James Bond. Yeah, he, right. They gave him one shot at Bond and that was it. I remember in the 80s when I was doing a lot of drugs and drinking a ton, uh, the uh, MGM studio – um, had a new president and invited a bunch of people to his mansion and to announce the new James Bond. And yeah. I went and I got it in my head somehow, paranoid that it was me. Oh. And and that uh, I had the same feeling. An elaborate ruse. It wasn't me, by the it way. It wasn't you. No. It, it could have it could have been you now that I think about it. Well, here's the thing is like it is so like you you cannot even talk to them about playing Bond, they won't have it. Like you have to be some version of English. But I'm like, you know, English people play Americans all the time and we don't get all crazy uppity about it. No. So why couldn't an American play James Bond? And honestly, you, you, like you, they, it is like verboten. They, they won't, they won't. I th- even. It would be funny if like, if I tried to audition for the next James Bond that would be like Farley auditioning for the Chippendale sketch with Patrick Swayze. Oh, to be so genius. Yeah. <laughs> Hold that thought. We'll be right back. If you're thinking about doing some home remodeling, check out Window World. Go to windowworld.com and check out their Windows Inspiration Guide. The guide is a dream book of page after page of beautiful windows. It's not just about how good they look. These beauties earned the Good Housekeeping Seal and Energy Star Certification. Go to windowworld.com to schedule your free consultation. Tell them you heard about it here on Literally with me, Rob Lowe, Window World, America's Exterior Remodeler. Hey, listeners. Ever have trouble getting someone on the phone when you have a question about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person any time, day, or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Did you know that it is Asian American Pacific Islanders Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, like Carden, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meath. Plus, you can help support college access 
and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA Scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native, Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. I heard I heard a story about your first time on, speaking of Lorne, that Lorne had like words of wisdom for you, the very first thing you ever did oh, on yeah. SNL or something like this. So, well, it's the most brilliant Lorne story ever. Well, it's very um, atypical of Lorne, something he would say. It's his sense of humor. Um, I'm getting ready to go on to do my first sketch, and we're coming back from commercial, and it's Mr. Subliminal, the mm. sketch, you know, where you're doing like a, a uh, you know, a double conversation. So it's a little bit of a tongue twister. So I'm really trying to focus and get ready and, you know, steal myself to, to be ready to do my first SNL sketch live, you know. And five seconds away from commercial coming back, he puts his hand on my shoulder and he goes, are you sure this is what you want? <laughs> <laughs> But that's like typical Lauren right there, you know? I mean, I thought that was funny. I thought it was funny and it kind of relaxed me, you know? I have to tell you, I, everybody does Lauren. Everybody loves Lauren. But I, I think you might have my favorite Lauren because you, you bring a baritone to it. Oh, the impression? Well, you know what? Yeah. Uh, have you talked to him lately? No, I haven't. You know, we're all, we're all getting older. And right. I think um, everybody's voice gets a little more gravelly as they get older. You like this now? Is that what Lauren talks like now? Uh, no, it's more. Uh, uh, well, uh, Rob, I, I think. Ooh. Now it's Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. Rob, everybody come, becomes Jimmy Stewart at a certain age. That's what I'm saying. I wanted to, when I was on Parks and Recreation, um, Amy Poehler. That's where what? I know you from. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, there are certain people in uh, life that if you work for them, you're in their orbit. It's like being in, it's like, what is it, Stockholm Syndrome, where you yeah. fall, like, fall in love with your captor. And Lauren is one of those people. Like, if you've worked with him, you just, he will, he lives in your head forever. And so Amy and I used to, you know, do Lauren quotes together. And we were going to open a Twitter account of a fake Lauren Michaels Twitter account because we had so <laughs> many insane yeah. quotes. Right. And then we thought, oh, he'll find out. So we didn't do it. So instead, I'm just going to say it. <laughs> oh I'm just going to say him on the podcast. Fuck it. I don't care anymore. So, you know, you you were on Wings. I mean, West Wing. Wings, and, yes. Me yeah. and Steve, Steve, uh, Steve Weber. Weber. Yeah. No, you were on um, West Wing and you were on Parks and Rec. Yes. I mean, you were on a lot of shows. You hosted SNL a lot. Do you do you think you've had it easy as an actor were you to get jobs? I... What's funny, there's what you think, and then there's the reality. And what I think is it's it's been sort of tough sometimes, easy sometimes, great sometimes, hard sometimes. But the reality is, over the course of 40 years, I've not only have I always worked, but right. I have had it my own show on television for 20 consecutive years. What do, you mean your own, what do you mean your own show? 
starting in 1999 with the West Wing. Right. Every year I've had a show of uh, right. a show. And then we did that pilot. I mean, and then we did a pilot. Yeah, we did the tennis pilot. But I loved it. I loved our. We did a pilot. So, so guys, we did a show called The Pro, and it was me and Rob Riggle as ridiculous ne'er do well. You're like the Hans and Franz of tennis pros. Yeah, (laughs) and you were like the 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 owner of the you like the The Ted Knight of Caddyshack. Yeah, Yeah. I love that show. That was good. But you you was that. Was that an easy sell for you for a pilot like that to convince a network? Because you're usually you're a good bet. I mean, to to go into something because you have high TBQ and people like you. Um, it's fun. Thanks. I, yeah, I mean, TV has been has been really really good to me, and I I started working in it before it became cool. I mean, when when we started on West Wing. You know, it, TV was was still considered somehow less than the movie business, and uh, you know now today it's it's the inverse. Is you know that's TV is where all the great writing is. It's all anybody ever talks about, and yeah, nobody yeah. ever talk, nobody ever talks about what movies. All of a sudden, nobody's saying there's nothing good on TV anymore. There's too much on TV. I mean, it's too much now. It's like it takes it takes a pandemic like this to catch up on shows. That's I know, and I'm grateful for the pandemic for that. I, I mean, you got to give mean, it some listen, props, you know. I mean, how else am I going to really know about the marvelous Mrs. Maisel? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm finally watching. I've never watched The Wire, and that's on my my docket. I'm going to watch that next week. But okay, do you ever have this? Because I was talking about The Wire to somebody recently, and you know, and that is like one of the holy grails of of TV drama way ahead of its time. Do you ever? finally make your way to something and you go, yeah, sure. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. 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 You know what? I'm looking at you right now and I got to say, your chin looks just like Michael Jackson's chin. Oh, oh, dude, dude, no, 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 no. I know. I saw you on no, no. Spade the other day. Oh, God, you saw, yeah. He, <laughs> God damn it. I, I took that like a, like a fish. I took the bait. No, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. But it sure. is true. It does look just like it. I'm, well, it's a combination of years of human growth hormone. Um, you know, I started when I was 15 <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, you, you do human growth hormone, you know, starting as a teenager and you're going to, your, your, your chin will be. Huge, like mine. You did work out for a while. You you were on the cover of some magazine. I remember. I thought, wow, Rob got himself into good shape there. Yeah, I was forty. I was forty seven. It was Men's Fitness, and I was like, That's right. I was like, which was ironic because I spent like a decade going, I will not take my shirt off. I will not be objectified. I am more <laughs> than the way I look. Yeah. And then I started facing down fifty. I'm like, fuck it, let's go. Let's use it, use it or lose it, baby. I remember I had publicists once and I said, I would love to be on the cover of Men's Fitness and I'm going to get myself in a really good shape this summer. So if you could line that up for me, (laughs) that would be great. Thank God they didn't line it up for me (laughs) because it didn't go anywhere. Well, I I, I love the Men's Fitness cover because they're the guys who clearly like took it really seriously like I did. And then the guys who just show up in a t-shirt and like, yeah, this is me. I'm on the cover. What the fuck do you want from me? Yeah. This is me naturally. Yeah. There's like, that's like the Brad Pitt move. Where it's like, I'm Brad Pitt. Yeah. I'm in a t-shirt and you're going to like it. That's the way it is. You yeah. don't get to see my abs. It's not happening. Or they'll put someone like Hugh Jackman on the cover. Oh, that guy. Who? I mean, 
He's an animal. I, Literally, he's a wolverine. He is an actual he animal. He is an animal. Yeah, he's an animal. He's yeah. an actual animal. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen Hugh on stage do his? No. Because like he looks like the wolverine, but meanwhile, he's like, let me entertain you. And you're yeah, like, wait. Yeah. It's like a singing wolf. Yeah, it's a whole thing that you just, you <laughs> is know. Is he English? Oh, he's Australian. He's Aussie, one of the great guys. Aussie. Just he is, yeah, he's, he's, he is one of the, he's got every club in the bag, as they say. Somebody was talking about an actor the other day, some big agent to me said, eh, I don't think he's a big star. He's a one club guy. I was like, what's that? <laughs> one club. He's a one club guy. Yeah, a big movie star. He's a one club guy. And they said, you know, now, now Matt Damon, he's got all the clubs. That was the thing about being on SNL is after a while, you ran out of clubs and Lauren knew it. He said, that's all the clubs you got in your bag right there. It's all the tricks. Well, like Brando says, an actor only has so many faces. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a friend of mine ran into him in a, in a market once and he was buying TV dinners. And my friend said to Brando, are you ever going to act again? He goes, no. He says, um, I've run out of faces. Ah. Uh, I remember uh, Ed Begley Jr. was telling me about a movie I think he did with Brando. And he said how Brando came the second day of the shooting and he had his own street clothes on and they told him he had to get into costume. And he was just so appalled that uh, over the minutia of having to match costumes in the scene. (laughs) (laughs) I was at a, do you remember that restaurant? How long have you lived in LA a long time? 40 years. years. There was that that, like five star, really fancy French. Mame Song. No, no, it was on La Cienega. It was after Mama's on. I forget what the hell it was called. It was like, it took forever. It took three hours to eat there. And anyway, I was eating there and I heard behind me some guy asking the waiter, what is this flavor in this? It's like jalapeno. And I was like, it's fucking my, like, I just knew. I didn't even need to turn around. Yeah. And and there he was in all his glory with like, it (laughs) looked like Tahitian tourist with Instamatic cameras. Wow. On the table. Yeah. And that was, yeah. That, was as, that was as close as I got to Brando. Do you ever have friends come out, like childhood friends from Dayton? Because you're from Dayton, right? Yeah, from Ohio. Yeah. And do they ever embarrass you around celebrities? Like I well, was. That's, that's what my dad's for. Oh, your dad does that. I was, um, I went to the Soho house in Malibu a couple of years ago. My friend was out, Bill from Connecticut. Bill grew, was a fireman all his life. He comes out with his girlfriend. East Coast, you know. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. I know the type. And, and you know, you forget that people get so um, excited when they see a celebrity sometimes. Yeah, know? yeah. And we were uh, at this, it was a buffet, and we're sitting at our table, and there's people in line, and at the buffet is um, Diana Ross. What? Well, listen, yeah. that's a whole other level. And my friend and her girlfriend, loud, so the whole room, that, uh, Bob, that's Diana Ross right there. That's Diana Ross. I'm like, Bill, 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 come on. Yeah, she's getting eggs right now. She's getting eggs. That's from the Supremes, Diana Ross right there. She's getting eggs. Yeah, yeah. She eats eggs. But um, I, but yeah, it's it's fun. I get that way. I do sometimes too. And when I met Robert Redford. Oh, yeah. I was like, I was like, what? I mean, and Diana Ross is another perfect example. I'm When I... Met her. There's just some people that that are, well, everybody is a fan of somebody, right? Yeah. I mean, I got to meet Paul McCartney at Lauren's. Uh, I had a great little yeah. lunch over at Lauren Michaels, and Paul McCartney was there, and 
it was like you just can't you can't believe it, listen the minute you stop being a fan of people is the minute you need to get out of the business i saw um Jack Lemon once. Uh, oh. You probably saw him around in Malibu. I oh. saw him once at the crossroads at the little mall there. He's crossing the green by the playground. He was kind of in a hurry. And I said, hey, Jack, how you hitting him? Because I know he played golf. And yeah. he looked up. He kind of looked up off to the side. He goes, good, good, thanks. Good, good. <laughs> and he walked on. <laughs> I thought, wow, I just had a conversation with Jack Lemon. <laughs> He's one of the great actors of all time, man. But you know what? It's funny. You drive around Malibu and you just happen to see people. Like I saw Eddie Arnold. No, Eddie Arnold from um, from Green, Green Acres. Acres. Yeah. yeah, is that Eddie Arnold? Yeah, totally. Yeah, he was he was uh, on my road. I used to rent a house um, over the uh, Cross Creek Mall there on the hillside, and he was on the road leaning against the front of his car, waiting for somebody. And driving by, I thought, "Oh my God, that's that's Green Acres right there." I, I um, when I was a kid, I moved to Malibu in the in 1976. And I was a huge Saturday Night Live fan. And I went to the beach one day and there was Chevy. Oh, wow. Like, and I'll never forget, he was, he was, remember, he looked like an Adonis in those yeah, days. Yeah, still does. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, uh, and he was staring at the water and mumbling to himself. And it went on for an hour. Wow. And I watched it. it this is before really, cell phones. So he wasn't talking on his cell phone. He was not talking. You know what else I used to go to in Malibu? What? Ready for this one? Yeah. Battle of the Network Stars. Oh, yeah. But uh, Pepperdine. Uh, Pepperdine. Dolphin shorts? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, $6 million man. It was the greatest. It, it was like, to me, it was like the su- the Super Bowl on steroids. It was the greatest event. And it was that, and that little monkey, Christy McNichol, she would just shellac people. Shellac. Yeah. And um, Mark Herman, he was the other... Well, you know really what the you, you know what the answer to that is now is American Ninja Warrior. Yeah, but nobody's famous. That's true. Well, they should have a celebrity one. Well, I've thought about it, but the thing is, is those people were legitimate stars. They there were they legitimately yeah. the biggest stars. They were. They really were. And there were only three networks, and they all showed up, and it was really competitive. Now you're not going to get. They tried to get that going again last year. You're not getting. I mean, like. You would never have gotten in the day James Gandolfini on the tug of war versus Martin Sheen versus Brian Cranston versus right. Johnny Galicki. Like right. that's not that's not gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the other day we were just driving. We got off to drive to get out of the house, and we drove through the parking lot at that grocery store in Malibu by Coogies, where Coogies used to be. Yeah, and um, my wife goes. Oh my God! There's Peter Graves, Gable. No way. Said that we were just watched airplane uh, recently. There's the guy, the pilot, right there's there. There's no way Peter Graves is alive. <laughs> and I said to my wife, and my wife was fumbling for her phone. She's gonna go take a picture, you know. And I said, that's. I don't think that's Peter Graves. I mean, it looks like him, but I think didn't he die like ten years ago? So she's getting her camera ready, and oh my God! And she's reciting his lines. And I said, I, Suze, I think he's dead. I think Peter Graves is dead. I Google him. Sure enough, he died like 10 years ago. And then all of a sudden, we want nothing to do with this old man. I used to see James Garner, who, by the way, I always think people always say, who has a career that you emulate and, and that you admire? I think James Garner's pretty much of a stud. Movie star, TV star. What about Tom Hanks, though? Well, but Hanks is the president. What do you but that's do? a career right there. Oh. He could have anybody's career. 
Yeah, no, for sure. But that's like a one in a billion. I mean, he's just, he's so fucking amazing. Him he's and amazing. Gary Busey, those two guys. Hanks and Busey. Yeah. Do you do a Tom Hanks impersonation? No, no. I there he is, the Kevin Nealon. He's the man. He's the one you love on to <laughs> front, it. and he is here. He <laughs> is the man, Kevin Nealon. <laughs> you know, the very first sitcom I ever went to out here to watch was Bosom Buddies. Oh, my God. And it was God. Tom Hanks. I think it was the pilot and Peter Scolari. And I remember yeah. watching, thinking, oh, okay, so they're dressed up like women. And then I, I remember watching it on TV, like, you know, a year later, and they were just like women. I think that's the episode I saw. They're just like women. That was the episode I saw. <laughs> and every time I saw, I said, "Wait, that's- oh, that's the same episode I saw. They're showing it again." <laughs> I didn't realize every week they dressed like women. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, it just goes to show you, anybody can start somewhere. Yeah. Right. Oh, I know it. I mean, your first jobs don't mean anything really. You know, it's a first job is a first job. Tom's, you know, he was a sitcom actor, and he's the greatest. You know, movie star we have, which is great. I love, I love that the, that people don't get pigeonholed. Do you feel like you haven't done that film yet? Because you you've had a lot of success in yeah. TV and film, and earlier in the film, you know, you did the, the Rat Pack stuff and uh, our uh, what was it, the Rat Pack? The Brat Pack, but Brat Pack. Yes, yeah. I'll take it. I'll take and, it either uh, way. Rat, then, Rat. It's all the same to me. You did those, those kinds of movies, but now are you kind of like? Thinking, man, it'd be really nice to be in a really great movie. It would be great. And I don't think I've had that seminal movie part in a while. Although Behind the Candelabra was. That's where I know you're from. (laughs) (laughs) That was a, that's that, that was a part of a lifetime, but. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that would be fun. I mean, it would be fun to have that. Or even like a Western or something. Oh, I would love to do. I would love to do a Western. Yeah, I would. I would love, or even like you know, nineteen seventeen, or you know, something like that. Um, yeah, but you know, it's funny. I don't get this anymore, but I got it forever. It's like, oh, you can't play that because you don't look because like you you don't look like a cop. People would say to me or whatever. I'd be like, what? I don't look like a cop. Okay, and then ironically, on my new show, I play a fire captain. And I, I, I would never have been able to have played that even 10 years ago. They would just be like, oh, no, but no, no firemen look like you. I'm like, well, that's funny. Fuck? You know, that's funny. You should say that because I remember seeing an ad for your show where you're playing a fireman. It's, and it was just so funny because it's like Rob could do anything. You know, he'll always work. <laughs> he'll be a fireman. Then he'll be in an ER room somewhere. And then the next show, he'll be like, you know, uh, a serial killer. You yeah, know? no, I'm, I'm, wor- I'm working my way. Fi- I'm doing fireman now. I'm, I, I'm working my way through all of the iterations of the village people. Like that's, <laughs> it's construction it's, it, worker is going to be the next role. And it's not like I'm even shaking my head going, oh man, it's guys. It's just like, I'm thinking, yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I, re- I remember um, I was represented by Mike Ovitz at one point and he was like the biggest agent wow, in the history of Hollywood. I and I remember him, say, we were talking about movies and I, I, I wanted to do this movie or that movie or whatever. And he said, he said, listen, you don't, you need to worry about any of that stuff because your insurance policy will always be television. I was like, but oh, he was right. And it's great. It's like, I, I, the other thing is people react to you differently if you're on TV versus movies. Have you, have you found that? Have you ever noticed the difference? Uh, well, I haven't really done a lot of like films. I mean, I've, I've done a lot of parts in Sandler films, but I've never like, 
Like you said, you've never, you haven't done a lot of films. Yes. Right. I get, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. kidding. I love those movies. Those movies are riveting. <laughs> no, they're fun to do. They're, they're a lot of no. fun to do. No, 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 I, listen, I want to do movies that are, that are completely predicated around what hotel you want to shoot them in. It'd be <laughs> yeah. amazing. I know. It'd be it, great. I, I, I stayed in Le Bristol Hotel in Paris. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And that's no, where well. they shot Midnight in Paris, Woody Allen. So on the loop, on the TV is a constant a loop of Midnight in Paris, the movie, you know? And uh, I did a hike with um, Owen Wilson. He goes, yeah, we stayed out there at the, the hotel. That's where we stayed. That's where we stayed. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I said, I know it, man. And, you know, I had jet lag one night and I was watching Midnight in Paris. I'd seen it already. But and when I got to the steps, you know, where you're waiting for the car, I thought, I'm going to go find those steps tonight. So I Googled where they were. And it was like an hour and a half walk from that hotel. And I walked there like at three in the morning and I just sat on the steps. And wouldn't you know what a car showed up? And I went back in time. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be right back after this. Transform your bathroom cleaning with Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner. You just spray today and rinse tomorrow for a no scrub clean. With over 33,000 five-star reviews. This is your once-a-week solution to keeping your tub and shower surfaces sparkling clean. Available at Amazon, Lowe's, Menards, Home Depot, and Ace Hardware. Join thousands who've switched to an easier clean. Get your wet and forget weekly shower cleaner today and make your bathroom sparkle with zero scrubbing. So I came home to a little gift in my bathroom the other day from our friends at Harry's. To get what you want, you have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. You know who challenged the status quo? Harry's. They saw customers getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry and decided they had something better to offer. So instead of charging the same old ridiculous prices, Harry's found a way to make their beautifully designed razors, and they are beautiful, for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. Exceptional products, honest prices. That's Harry's. They have the highest customer satisfaction in shaving history and a no-risk trial. Don't like your shave? No worries. It's on them. Convenient subscription options that you can cancel at any time. And Harry's also has other self-care products that meet the same quality standards as their razors. Richly lathering, skin-softening body wash and scents like Redwood, Wildland, and Stone. And an extra high-quality amazing smelling deodorant for just five bucks. I love their stuff. I'm so impressed by Harry's products. All of it. It's all good. Don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash rob. That's harrys.com slash rob for a $3 trial set. I love fast cars, but there aren't a ton of high performance TVs. They're certainly out here there. But when I when I get a chance to get behind the wheel of one, it's I love it. And I was blown away by the Kia EV6 GT. When you get behind the wheel of the Kia, it, it is literally like being in a state-of-the-art rocket ship, but also comfortable. The thing goes from zero to 60 in 3.4 seconds. It is the premium driving experience. And of course. It's an EV, so the climate thanks you. SiriusXM provides access to over 165 channels in the vehicle. Music, sports, news, comedy, yacht rock. Let's go. 
little little steely Dan going in your Kia. Come on now. So check it out today. It is the all-electric Kia EV6 GT. I had a blast checking it out. Believe me, you should do it yourself via kia.com slash EV6. To learn more, that is kia.com slash EV6. Kia, movement that inspires. You know, I was just looking at you and... This is a podcast. This is a podcast. I know, but I could see you on the screen. But I, I, I um, for a minute, I thought Rob Lowe could also have done the Joker. Ooh, the lighting must be horrible that you're looking at me with. No, I mean, it's like- just the way you kind of reeled back a little bit and your jaw stuck out. There you go. Yeah, think about that. How's that? Think about that. <laughs> like it, man. <laughs> How's that? That's great, man. That's great. Uh, when you did update, um, yeah. by the way, wasn't there a, an update reunion recently amongst they, all the SNL things? On the, uh, on Spade, Spade had me and that's Norm right. and Dennis. It was on. great. That's where I saw it. That was that awesome. That was fun. And then uh, Colin, uh, I think, uh, called in or something. Other than yourself, because you're genius in it, who is, can you and will you tell me who your favorite update person is? And don't say well, Chevy. I've said this before. It's, you know, the, uh, the weekend update is kind of the pivotal point of that show. You know, it's on it, comes on at uh, about 1230, I think, or 12. Oh, no, up, update maybe. is the thing where people either bail or update is great and they stay. Yeah, but that is uh, each person that did that, whether they did it alone or with somebody, brings their own personality to it and style. And, you know, I went to this Chevy Chase school of Weekend right. Update because he was the first one. And I watched him at the time. And that's who I thought, you know, I thought that's the, the, the way I like to do it. Yeah. You know, Dennis, Dennis did it great. You know, Dennis did himself, basically, which was great. Uh, Norm brought a whole different style to it. I like Norm. Norm, I like watching Norm do anything because he's such, he's so unpredictable. Oh, and, so you know, funny. you just don't, it's like almost sometimes watching a train wreck. Yeah. You know? Oh, for sure. And he's just, uh, he's really an interesting personality. So I kind of like, uh, I like the way Norm did it. And uh, I mean, everybody, everybody brings their own thing to it. You know, I like, uh, I just like, um, you know, it, it, when I did it, it was more of like the dry weekend update guy. I wasn't doing my personality or commenting myself on something, you know, like throwing the sides out. You know, it was just more doing the news story and then moving on. Who, um, did you, who was the worst host you worked with? Worst host. <laughs> Besides you? Besides me. Uh, <laughs> That's right. We did, we did the show together. I did the show with you. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody asks who the worst host was, and a lot of people say Steven Seagal. Yes, but that's everybody you know, says. I, I feel bad for the hosts because they're most of them are so terrified because they're doing live, yeah, television, terrified. yeah, and um, and so I really don't judge them that much. You know, I just I just kind of feel for them. You know, some of them have never done live before. You know, they're movie at all. actors, yeah, and they're terrified, and you know, so it's you know. It's it's kind of I, I enjoy like Steve Martin when he's on, and Bill Murray and Tom Hanks was always great and Alec Baldwin. Alec's so good. Yeah. How many times did you host that show? Three. That's amazing. Um, and loved it every 
every single time. It's so yeah. good. I think I think Alec is my favorite multi yeah, yeah. version. Anybody ever ask you what your favorite movie is of all time? My favorite movie of all time, just my gut, like, it's hard to say because I've got a lot of his, it might be Goodfellas. You know, I, 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 when people ask me that question, I feel like I should give them a better answer, like a Goodfellas yeah. or The Godfather or, you know, or, or uh, Casablanca. Susan Cain. Yeah. yeah. But the movie that really moved me the most, maybe because it was my age, when I went to see it, was Rocky. Yeah. Listen, I mean, I just, great- I just, it was so uplifting for me. And I was a, a, the, you know, underdog, you know, wins at the end, sort of. I, I saw it opening weekend in Westwood. I remember vividly where I was. That theater went ballistic. I know, that right? Fu- that fight. I mean, is it, is it like embarrassing to say that's your favorite movie? No, what's embarrassing is to go back and watch it and see that when they're fighting, there's no one there. And then in other angles, it's full of people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they just didn't care. I, mean, I showed I showed my 13-year-old, well, he was 11 at the time. A couple of years ago, I showed him Rocky. And he thought it was Matt LeBlanc, who I'm doing a show with, on, on uh, a man with a plan on CBS. He goes, is that Matt LeBlanc? Because no, no, they sound the same, though. <laughs> <laughs> Matt LeBlanc as Rocky would be great. Did you ever do Friends? You didn't do Friends episode, did you? No, but my wife did. She did really? a scene with, uh, with Joey, who I work with now. And, and Friends was so long ago. It's like Matt's a different person now. You know, I, I look at Friends of Joey then. I think, yeah, I, I, I can see the resemblance. Someone. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, talk about TV. I think somebody, any of those people on Friends, well, you see Jennifer Aniston doing films, but a lot of them are so typecasted as, you know, um, being on Friends. It's, I think it's hard for them to get film work. Yeah, it's... Um... I love I love that that cast is an extraordinary cast. I see you in a spy movie. Yeah, I want to do a spy movie, but badly. you're not the spy. You working for the administration, and you're the one who kind of screws things up. How about Three Days of the Condor remake? Yeah, so I like would that. Would you go? To, would you be down for that? I would be down for anything. I'm looking at your artwork right now, dude. Your artwork is insane. Thank you. It's really good. What, Thank what you. the hell? What 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 what? I love doing it. What do you? Do you sell it? Do you, what do you no. do? It's Well, what happened, Rob, was I've, I've always drawn, you know, as on SNL, we did the table reads, you know, sometimes they can last a long time, as you know, mm-hmm. and you yes. get bored. And I would just, I would sketch whoever was across the table from me, whether it's Farley or the host. Really? Or, oh, please tell me you kept them. Oh yeah, I have them. Um, I think you have to publish that. that. You have I to publish it's, that. It's on my Instagram. It's uh, Kevin Eilen artwork. Okay. I, I, no way. I, he might be in there. I'm not sure. But anyway, I did Farley and Franken and all these people, Jim Downey. And, Amazing. Uh, and then I, you know, so I always love doing caricatures of people. And, I'm, and, and I just did them on paper with pencils, you know, and just black and white. And then a friend suggested I color them in. So I started coloring them in. And then I was sitting at LAX air, airport um, as opposed to LAX restaurant. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I, was, I saw this guy gave art classes on Instagram. He was a caricature artist, and I liked his work. And he's and he lives in England, so I would Skype with him once a week, and he would critique my work and give me instructions. And I learned how to draw on a uh, tablet, a Wacom uh, Cintiq uh, digital tablet. So that's what I do it on now. Oh, and um, it's really cool because it's like painting, and you have all these special effects you could do. And so that's that's what I've been doing lately. 
That's amazing. So that's why you're obsessed with my chin. Well, I, it's funny. When I look at people now, I'm looking at them in a weird, I'm looking at them like caricatures. That's I'm, what, yeah, I'm exactly. Saying, yeah, like if I did you, it would be the chin and also you're between your nose and your top lip is interesting. You've What's got interesting like, about you've that? Got, it's, it's very smooth and it's a, it seems to be more space there than most people have. Between my top lip and my nose, right here. Yeah, you have a thin top lip. Mm-hmm. And your 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 face is square, and your you know your chin is uh, you know strong, and um, and of course you got a good head of hair, um, so it's really hard to do people that have like good um, you know um, features to as a caricature. What do you do? Do you what do those guys do? Do you think when somebody sits in front of them and they've got like a horrendous nose or something? Do they do they like oh? I mean, are they a good honest? Caricature artist will be, uh, yeah, he'll be honest about it. I remember once I was in Europe. I was in um, San Marco Plaza in Venice, mm-hmm. and you know how they had a street artist there. Yeah, and there was this guy sketching this New York Long Island Jewish woman, and he was being very generous. He was being <laughs> really. It wasn't a caricature; it was a portrait. Yes, exactly. And I remember walking away thinking, well, she's going to like that. And then about 15 minutes later, all the way across the plaza, I heard her yelling at the guy, that doesn't look like me at all. (laughs) So (laughs) the lesson is if you go to a caricature artist and you get a portrait and not a caricature, you need to go see a plastic surgeon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or you get a portrait and you think it's a caricature. Yeah, either way, it's not good. Yeah, um, yeah. Has there ever been a cartoon character or that you've been sexually attracted to? Porky Pig, originally. Yeah, because he's wearing clothes on the top and he's nude on the bottom. Sure. And it's the heels. I think it's the it's the hoofs. The yeah, hoofs. the hoofs look like they look like heels. Yeah, yeah. And there's yeah, it's also true. there was also a cartoon I remember as a child. I was really kind of I mean, it's the first time I think I felt sexual feelings. It was an automatic, an, an automated belt, like a, a like an assembly line thing, where they put the diapers on with these automatic hands, and you yeah, go yeah. through, and then they powder you and stuff. And I thought that's kind of sexy. I'd like the to automated that. hands. Oh, the automated hands, and then they powdered your butt. They lifted your legs up and powdered your butt, and then they slapped a diaper on you. And I thought I could be into that. Oh. To this day, still. Do <laughs> <laughs> I tell you how much I love you, brother Chad? I know. Not to change the subject, but he's such a good guy. He lives right down the street from me. And you're, yeah, you live in, and you're the mayor of, weren't you the honorary mayor? Well, I was the, the honorary mayor of the Palisades for two years. Yep. What, what, what did you institute? Anything? What, what laws? Um, well, I, I installed cameras in all the yogurt shops to make sure people weren't just taking samples and not mm-hmm. buying and Patrick you know? Schwarzenegger was arrested. He was arrested, the next and day. also he's still in prison. Yeah, he's he's a horrible, horrible criminal of yeah. taking free things from yogurt places. Yeah, but I seem to be the honorary person. I was the honorary mayor of the Palisades for two years, and now my alma mater uh, for the last two years has invited me to get my honorary doctorate. That's amazing. That's awesome. Nobody wants to give me the real thing. No, they want to give me the honorary thing. I'll I would t- I'll take any award, how, how, however they give it to me. I've honorary never gotten earned. a lot of rewards until l- lately with the honorary award. 
award stuff, but I've never gotten like a lot of, I've never gotten, maybe I got, I think I got nominated for a, a, a Golden Globe and maybe an Emmy when I was on SNL for writing, but that was it. I'm worried when too much of that stuff starts coming your way, they're worried about your health. Oh yeah. Like a lifetime achievement award. Yeah. That's, they're basically saying, we think you're going to die. That's you worry that about is. that? You worry about dying? I'll tell you what else I worry about. Whenever I shoot a scene where I'm walking through a doorway, I feel like that's the clip from my in memoriam oh, that I've just shot. Really? I see yeah. you living a long time. Me too. You just seem like you have the genes. Like, like I said, you're just really, you just seem lucky in every way. <laughs> luck, luck, luck is earned, kid. Luck is the nexus of opportunity and hard work. Um, yeah, no, I don't want to. You probably eat healthy. I do. You don't do drugs anymore. You don't no. drink that much. No, I don't do any of that stuff. You exercise. Um, I do it all, but I do obsess about shit that I shouldn't obsess about. So stressfully, you're 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 wearing yourself out. Well, I don't think it can. It's a good sign that I'm thinking about what my in memoriam clip is. Hmm. I also don't think it, because then I go, well, so would it be, I've been around a long time. So would it be two clips? Like, is it me and the outsiders when I'm like young and cute? And then like the most recent thing where I'm old. I think it would be probably the Brat Pack, the outsiders. It would be probably definitely West Wing and probably Parks and Rec. And that would be it. So I get three clips. Well, over different different programs. Usually, dude, Henry Fonda, they just, he fucking was him turning around in front of a haystack or something. That was the end of it for him. Oh, they they had him Fonda. on Golden Pond. Golden Pond, too. They did. They had him in the bad hat and Golden Pond. And then they had him as Tom, as, uh, you know, Job, whatever. Tom Joad. Yeah. From, uh, yeah. Yeah, I do, I do think about that shit. Yeah. I don't think about that. Some, sometimes I'll actually go over to the script supervisor. And I'll be like, hey, can you can you print takes one, two, and three and make a note of when I turned around at the desk um, and sent it to the academy? Because that I think that would be really good for my You know, there's a there's a word for that. You know what the word is? Narcissist. Narcissist. <laughs> Who do you think's nicer? You or Chad? Chad. I've got more edge than Chad Lowe. I don't say that proudly, but he's he's way nicer than me. Yeah, I would say so too. Yeah, he's Chad Lowe is Chad Lowe is the nicest man in show business. One of them. Yeah, he's going to direct a. He's directing he's a, a bunch director. of. Uh, he's a really good director. He's going to direct a bunch of uh, Lone Star nine one one Lone Stars. Oh, good for him, man. Good for him. Um, yeah, he's good. He loves you. He loves you. He and his wife love them. Some Kevin Nealon, as do I. Same, same, man. The Lows are Lows are a good family. Your father, I remember meeting your father at Chad's wedding. He is such the debonair kind of a guy from Dayton, Ohio. Like the white, it, he, he wears those shirts that have the white collars. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And the ties. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's, that is my dad. He is the, he is the most debonair guy from Dayton, Ohio that you will ever meet. Yeah. And when I saw him, I thought that makes sense. Yeah. That could be their father. Yeah. He, he's got the chin. He's got the chin. He's got the square head. He's- square head. Square head. <laughs> yeah, square head. He's the most square-headed debonair Dayton, Ohio. I don't mean white square. Collared. I don't mean square head. I mean chiseled. Chiseled. 
Well, if that, uh, if there's a little bit of a difference with square head and chisel. <laughs> I don't go into the makeup trailer and go, hey, could you just square my head more? <laughs> I'll be like, can you chisel me more? Do you, would it be a compliment to you if you knew of everybody, you know, we talked about Michael Jackson, but everybody that went to a plastic tr- surgeon and said, I want Rob Lowe's nose or his chin or his lips. That would be kind of radical. I do know that there was, because I read about it once, that there was a, 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 a moment in time where there was a, people were asking for, uh, it's like the Jennifer Aniston haircut. When yeah. That was a thing. They were asking for the, the Rob Lowe chin. Oh, and, right. And that's when I think Michael got it. Jackson, really do. I'm not kidding. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I think you're right. No, because I yeah. knew him, you know, and I knew I knew him through that era. And I worked with his sister Janet on a, a sitcom back in the day. But that's that's for another episode. That's where I know you from. Yeah, I don't give I don't give away all my nuggets just because I have Kevin Nealon on the podcast. So good. All right, Nealon, this has been great. I literally am going to pee my pants. We've talked so long and it's been so good. But but uh, you know that whole diaper thing you were talking about? Yeah. I may need to wear one the next time we talk because we go for days. And we it's do. good. We could, do it, we could do another two hours of this. Yeah. You'll edit it down to five minutes and you'll have a nice little podcast there. Um, but I want to do a – I want we need to do part two because this was really, really fun. Oh, we haven't even touched the tip of the iceberg. We haven't. I haven't done a deep dive on the – what you are clearly into sexually with powder and <laughs> diapers. Kevin, I love you. I love you, thank Rob. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, buddy. How funny was that? How funny is that man? Ridiculous. Oh, my God. What a, what, what a great talk. Anyway, thanks for, uh, for listening and uh, more to come. Thanks. You have been listening to Literally with Rob Lowe. Produced and engineered by me, Devin Tory Bryant. Executive produced by Rob Lowe for Low Profile. Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco. And Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon at Stitcher. The supervising producer is Aaron Blair. Talent producer, Jennifer Samples. Please rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts. And remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Stitcher. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you've been listening to Literally long enough, you'll know that I am a big believer in getting the help you need. Therapy has been a big, big, big part of my life and something I think we should be all doing as needed, just like checking the oil on your car. I've spoken about this and we all carry around different stressors, big and small. We keep them bottled in and it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get the things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Rob Lowe today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash Rob Lowe.